0: You're listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network.
1: Welcome to the Oz Network for the beginning of Christmas season. It was supposed to be Christmas month, and then Mallory complained, and now we're getting Christmas six weeks. And we have some great movies lined up for you. This will not be one of them. Thank you very much, Ben. (laughs) We are kicking it off, and it's all going to be uphill from here. We're here to talk about the 1996, what is the opposite of classic, I don't know, um... Piece of shit. Infamous infamous (laughs) Santa with Muscles, which has, I think, perpetually been on IMDb's bottom 100 movies, and I finally understand why. (laughs) Starring Hulk Hogan, your favorite action star, who has no action in this movie, um... (laughs) This is going to be a treat. We're so sorry. Let's just start by saying that. We're so sorry. Uh, my name is Colin, and hey, turkey breath, do you know how fast you were going?
0: And my name is Ben, and am I a sheep? Am I a bunny? <laughs> and I so want to so formally apologize to our <laughs> listeners that this movie is on our list, all right? my, I just, right? I'm sorry. I wish I could turn back time and... Stop my ever mentioning this movie exists.
1: I'm sorry. <laughs> this is not the Shit. room. Like, uh, we did a bad movie month, and I'm now regretting our choices. <laughs> I think we could have done much better. Um, let's just go back in time. I think about 2 weeks uh when we were wrapping up or almost wrapping up anniversary month and I think right after we recorded the last action hero you're like oh you know uh we should do like something for christmas and I was saying like oh you know we got to do die hard and you're like yeah if we're doing die hard we got to do jingle all the way and then we're like what type of theme does that lend itself to and we're like, okay, well, Die Hard, it's like action star Christmas. And, you know, um, Jingle All The Way, it's like action star Christmas. So what about like a tough guy Christmas theme? And you're like, yeah, there's that uh, um, uh, one we wanted to do last year with Bill Goldberg playing a killer Santa. And then you're like, oh, we could also do that Hulk Hogan one, Santa with muscles, which I had never seen. <laughs> so thank you, Ben. Um Maybe this was our only choice. I don't know, but uh, no, I mean, I'm glad we're doing sense. it first.
0: Strong action wrestler hero people starring <laughs> Christmas movies isn't exactly the the biggest <laughs> category in the world, but uh oh, it's just I I remember this as a kid. This is yeah, like one of those that's lunchtime my movies. Job. You have seen this before, <laughs> <laughs> but like I was nine and stuff. Like <laughs> I used to think stupid things, like dying of the Day was a good movie and stuff. But like I. <laughs> I just remember this as being one of those ones that, like, was on TV, and you're like, oh, ha, 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 it's funny. But I was nine, I was dumb. Like, don't <laughs> listen to nine-year-old Ben. 31-year-old Ben's dumb enough as it is. What is. <laughs> what nine-year-old Ben's like, all right? Half your fault, you shouldn't listen to me. Oh, I watched this as a kid, I thought it was good. <laughs> Not good, uh, th- shit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a history with this movie. <laughs> good, i his- jealous. My am his- well, I will, I will say my history is, you know, my brother and I grew up like huge wrestling fans. Uh, and I had seen, I guess, Hulk Hogan's previous movies, like the ones that were actually released theatrically. I remember seeing like No Holds Bard and Suburban Commandos. Great. Uh, Mr. Nanny. Great. Uh, and I was kind of aware when this movie was coming out, and, but it wasn't like it was like I wasn't going to go out of my way to see Santa with muscles, you know? Uh, and strange enough, even if I think I had gone on my way to see it, I heard so much about how bad this movie was for years after, and I don't think I ever saw it. Like, I don't think I've ever seen this in a video store. I've never walked into Walmart, gone in the movie section, and seen Santa with Muscles. I don't think it's ever aired on TV. It's not on Netflix. Like, it's it's like when you mentioned doing this movie, I'm like, that's like the lost movie. Like, (laughs) It's just hidden in a vault somewhere. (laughs) No one in Canada apparently has this movie. But, I mean, I was lucky enough to find it on YouTube. Um that's my history. What, you, you said you saw this when you were nine. What were the circumstances? And well, it, how much therapy did you go through
0: afterwards? <laughs> this is why I liked Die Another Day, because I saw this movie and I thought that, you know, <laughs> these were good. No, it's it like legitimately how school would end in Australia. Like you would say end a week before Christmas. So sort of in between that week of school holidays, between school ending and Christmas... They would have, you know, your lunchtime midday movie and they would always be sort of a family Christmas one. So I remember there was, is it I'll Be Home for Christmas, the Jonathan Taylor Thomas one. Oh. Um, There was a an Olivia Newton-John one where she was like stuck in a cabin and snowed in or something like, I can't remember what it was, but I know it had Olivia Newton-John in it. And then like, this is one that I always remember being on sort of, you know, every year. I swear this movie would be on. And... For whatever reason, I enjoyed it. I don't know. Like, I grew up watching wrestling. I enjoyed it. I think I was just a bit past sort of Hulk Hogan's prime. I kind of started watching it as a kid when he was still involved, but not as much. Like, you know, I'm more sort of Bret Hart and Razor Ramon and sort of when The Undertaker began and that sort of thing. So I just missed it at peak Hulk Hogan. So... Yeah, I mean, I obviously knew who he was and all that sort of stuff, but I don't think I'd seen any of his other movies. And, God, after seeing uh, this movie, I I mean, how can you say he's been in other good movies? Like,
1: I mean, (laughs) the guy's acting ability. Suburban Commando (laughs) is pretty good.
0: Like, how how did The Rock... Get a career out of acting. Like, shouldn't wrestlers and acting have been completely blacklisted after this movie? (laughs) You know, like, how did that happen? John Cena, uh, you know, all these other people. Like, what happened? How did they become actors again? They're meant to be good actors. Wrestling's fake. They're acting already.
1: (laughs) Um... There is something interesting you brought up about kind of being like past Hulk Hogan's peak, because I think that's around the time that my brother and I started watching it as well. It was maybe like the, the early to mid 90s, like you said, around the time of Bret Hart and Undertaker and Shawn Michaels and all these other guys. So, I mean, Hulk Hogan, I guess the reason this movie barely got released in theaters, you know, had something to do with the fact that he wasn't exactly the big star he was like 10 years earlier. But the other thing that's interesting, and I don't know if you only watched like WWF back in the day or if you ever watched WCW, but at the time this movie came out, and this is what I found interesting when I saw like how bad the box office returns were for this and the bad reputation it had, this comes out in December or November of 1996 and a couple of months prior to that there was like this huge moment where hulk hogan who had been the biggest hero like like by far the biggest wrestling star of all time like every child's hero turned villain a few months earlier and then became the biggest villain in the wrestling business and just created this thing called the, the new world order the nwo and completely revitalized wrestling as a whole and you know made it made it cool i guess for older people and not just kids to watch at that point so I could just see how the studio was probably like in, you know, April or May filming this movie, thinking we got Hulk Hogan, every kid's hero. And then a few months later, Hulk Hogan's like spitting in the face of children and, you know, uh, just being a complete scumbag. And they're like, well, guess this movie's never going to get an audience. <laughs> like it's <just> kind <laughs> of interesting that maybe the infamous reputation of this movie and the failure of his career had to do with the fact that you had him out there. Playing this hero for children <laughs> when he was doing the exact opposite off camera, I guess on camera on a different channel.
0: I, yeah, I remember sort of that period. Um, I was always more WWF than WCW. Uh, I was very pro Save the Wildlife, Colin. That's why I was watching <laughs> <keen laughs> WWF. Um, but yeah, but I mean, like, my dad would sort of every now and then get WCW ones because, you know, he was, I guess a lot of people were swayed because you had Hulk Hogan going over there, you know, you had uh, all these big stars going over to the WCW. Um, but I just, I was always team WWF, so it sort of wasn't something that I ever really caught on that much to. Um, but yeah, it's, it's so interesting to think that they obviously thought they were on with a hit and, you know, I mean, Jingle All the Way was, wasn't that 1996 as well? Like, I mean, it was around yeah. about then as well. So it's not like, again, this whole thing of action stars doing Christmas movies wasn't a thing. And okay, Hulk Hogan versus Arnold Schwarzenegger, who's the biggest box office card, you know, this isn't a <laughs> wrestling match, but it's, it's just, it is interesting. Maybe that it is something that we touch on that. Wrestlers and acting. I mean, it, did it kind of die down after a while for this? Because I mean, The Rock didn't really what be in a movie till The Mummy Returns. So kind yeah, of there's about five a five year grace period. Yeah. So mm-hmm. maybe this was blacklisted at least for half a decade, and then The Rock came around yeah. and changed everything.
1: Uh, yeah. You know, I I I think it would be great to do a Hulk Hogan month and just see if we could find one worse than this. Because I don't think I'm it was sick just that month. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's not just him. You know, uh, having the wrong persona on TV when he was trying to promote this kid's movie. Uh, here's my biggest problem before we even get into the movie. Like, this is called Santa with Muscles. It takes place at Christmas. It's about a guy dressed as Santa Claus. There is nothing Christmassy about this movie at all. <laughs> like, even with it, like, sometimes you see these Christmas movies, like, let's say Gremlins, right? Where it's, it takes place at Christmas. There's Christmas decorations in the background, and you're like, well, the movie really has nothing to do with Christmas, but yet it still feels like a Christmas movie. Die Hard's the perfect example Jurassic
0: of that. Jurassic World.
1: <laughs> Jurassic World, yes. It feels so Christmassy. Hey, was it was uh, at Christmas, remember? <laughs> but like Lethal Weapon, another great example. It just takes place at Christmas, but yet somehow it feels like it fits Christmas. This is a movie that, that literally finishes on Christmas Day, and it's all about Santa Claus helping these kids. And he's wearing a Santa suit the whole time, and it's... It, Christmas decorations and Santa at the mall—like nothing about this feels like a Christmas movie—and because and, I will sit there and watch, like for November and December, all these bad Hallmark Channel Christmas movies with Jamie, and like some of them are really bad. None of them are as bad as this, but <laughs> at least like they feel like they belong around Christmas time. Like this is—it's just all wrong. Um, but we should probably get into the movie here. So
0: oh, <laughs> Santa,
1: Santa with muscles we're gonna power through this one let me just say before we start here um ben said to me mallory was supposed to join us on this episode but uh you know she has to go wait for our furniture to arrive at home convenient excuse i said jamie was supposed to join us but she thought this movie was really stupid uh just to add to that when i was watching this uh, Jamie, she usually asks me when I'm getting ready to record, like, okay, how long are you gonna be? Just so she knows, like, you know, how long do I have to try to keep Casper quiet for? Or, uh, you know, how long before I can, I don't know, run the dishwasher or whatever's gonna make too much noise? And I'm like, ah, oh, probably about an hour and a half. And then she's like, what? And I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, we always record for an hour and a half. It's like, how are you gonna get an hour and a half out of this movie? <laughs>
0: I'm not talking let's... for an hour and a half on this movie. I- I'm out after an hour. <laughs> yeah,
1: let's see if we can challenge this here. Cover half the movie. in
0: One. I- I'm quick putting break. it right now. We've ta- we've taken eleven minutes so far, Colin Hill. <laughs> we are going to do this episode in under sixty minutes. All right. We have forty nine minutes, forty eight minutes right now from here to recap this movie. Challenge accepted. Get on with it. I'm going to give you warnings every ten minutes. Go. <laughs>
1: Go. All right. So a little girl is narrating and she's already annoying because she's a little girl and she's whiny and she's talking about a mean man on a hill. Uh We find out she's in an orphanage. The orphanage is going to close. Uh She's writing a letter to Santa to save her in the orphanage. We have no idea who this mean man on the hill is because they immediately cut to another guy who lives on a hill, which is G.I. Hulk Hogan in his army fatigues in the middle of ninja battles with chauffeurs and cooks. And everybody's making over the top kung fu noises, like they're Jonathan Price to tomorrow never dies, like woo, ha, yike. Oh. It's <laughs> just ridiculous. You have a, a chauffeur with a knife, and then you have Hulk Hogan fighting him off with serving platters. Um, <laughs> eventually he gets surrounded by a bunch of guys who have all these weapons, bats, and everything. And one guy was never give an inch, especially when you can take one. Never lend a hand. You might need it later. They go off to play paintball. For whatever reason, a bunch of guys driving in army fatigues with paintball guns. There's a red flag to the police in California. So <laughs> Deputy Clint Howard, what's he doing in this movie? Starts chasing them. After he's playing with his radar gun going, Woo, woo, woo. <laughs> he brands them as terrorists. Uh, quick car chase and Hulk Hogan jumps out of the car to hide in the mall because there's lots of places to hide there. Uh, we see a bunch of elves in Santa's hut as some lady is searching for Santa who's late. There's kids out there, at least 14 kids in line. <laughs> and then later you see in the movie a lineup going up the escalator of all adults <laughs> chanting Santa, Santa. Why is it all adults? I don't know. And meanwhile, you have about 26 elves who apparently have to you know watch the crowds here at this mall. Uh, Hulk Hogan is being chased by the police. Um, there's some weird cuts of these scientists. So this is who the mean man on the hill is actually supposed to be. Ed Begley Jr. <laughs> of course he would be. He's got a henchman with electro gloves that can destroy a rose. This is really a kid's movie. No violence. Our electro gloves destroy flowers. Mm. Um, well, Hulk Hogan is running through the mall. Clint Howard eventually finds him after he picks up a Santa suit uh he's like uh hey don't i recognize you from somewhere uh he's got army fatigues hanging out of his 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 santa outfit so he's like it's the terrorist there's a chase scene he's hanging from a garbage chute eventually hulk hogan falls knocks himself out and the world's most annoying human being (laughs) the elf sidekick of this movie Finds his wallet, realizes he's got a guy with amnesia. Hulk Hogan is the richest man in town, so he steals all his money but doesn't tell him who he is. So this leads to the entire plot of the movie. And I just want to say this elf, literally the most annoying character in this movie above the children who are a special level of annoying this guy goes on around talking about how he's got the money. I got the money! And it's just, like, giggling. And he's like, <laughs> American Express! Yee-hye-hye. And it just goes on for, like, ten minutes straight. I'm like, just shut up, please!
0: Wow. Um, we're going to get through this. I- I'm proud of us. Um Now, I think the one thing I can solve, one thing about this movie, and that's the dumb plot, right? You mentioned about yeah. how this little kid, who is the most annoying little kid of little kids... Um, how she's talking about the evil man on the hill, and then you said we cut to another evil man on the hill, right? I always, for some reason, had it in my head that Hulk Hogan was the evil man on the hill and that he's kind of perceived as good, and then, you know, he's got to weigh up the options of being good and evil. So, like, I always thought that was the plot of this movie. I didn't realise there was another evil man just tacked onto it. So, to solve this issue, get rid of Ed Begley Jr. and just have Hulk Hogan... As the evil man on the hill who is good when he's hit his head, but bad when he's not. And then you've kind of got a bit of a dilemma there. Oh, you know, slightly interesting. No, we don't do that, do we? Like, I don't... I get no purpose of Hulk Hogan being... Like, why is he rich? And why does nobody know who the richest man is in 10 states in this area, wherever they are? Why is he punching around people and having things like this? He literally gets interrupted by a doorbell saying, oh, damn, I've got to do some business. He either ignores these people or the business is paintball. I don't understand what they're trying to imply there. It's dumb. And we have, as you said, Clint Howard uh, brandishing him as a terrorist. What an innocent time 1996 was where you could brandish people with paintball guns as terrorists. <laughs> All right? Like, seriously, that was a terrorist in 1996.
1: Paintball gun holders. Paint- he he actually shoots real paintballs at the window, so the police are aware these are paintballs, and they're still spent the entire movie chasing them, going, it's the terrorists again. <laughs> <It's->
0: <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh And then, basically, he ends up in a... Mo- like, like, why are there so many people excited to see Santa? Like, what is with this town? Like, oh, my God, it's Santa! Where is original Santa, who hasn't showed up? Why have they, like, put this whole big thing on for people to see Santa? There's a bigger mystery. What happened to Santa? The actual Mm -hmm. Santa, not Hulk Hogan. Um, and what are all these elves doing playing cards? Like, they're the worst elves ever. Because even then, when Hulk Hogan shows up, they're not doing anything. Exactly. In this shed, playing cards... Um, I did laugh when they when Hulk Hogan's got all the kids on his lap, and that little girl's like going, "Oh, I want this! Like, what is that? A golf ball? A pocket knife? Oh yeah, what? Electric razor?" And yeah, the, our elf friend, um, Don Stark. Now he's been in things before. I need to find out what it is that I've seen him in. Um, but yeah, like. Why are we redeemed with him at the end of this film? He's literally robbing Hulk Hogan. He owes mm-hmm. debts to the man on the hill at Beckley Jr. And he's redeemed at the end because what? He calls in Santa again and then he is a freeloader. He just hangs around and wants to sleep at orphanages. Um <laughs> I don't, and get- doesn't show up for work the next day either. Like you have a job. What happens in the mall the next day when the
1: the other Santa still doesn't show up? These kids are still yeah. chanting Santa, Santa, Santa. <laughs> Not the kids. The 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 giant lineup of grown men. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. And and like, can we just be like, this is a thing, isn't it?
0: In the nineties and movies before this, that they just laugh at concussion. Poor old Hulk Hogan's hit his head pretty severely. This guy could be damaged, he could brain damage, but oh, ha, 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 he's just got a bit of a concussion, so he thinks he's Santa. <laughs> um, yeah, this is this is a nineteen ninety six movie, ladies and gentlemen. Um, yeah, it's it's horseshit. Have we finished yet?
1: Um, uh, well, like you said, he actually does get roped into being the mall Santa here uh there's some shots of the in annoying color, elf so the the pickpocket elf is trying to take his money so he goes to the world's most advanced bank machine <laughs> that apparently back in 1996 had fingerprint scans which i've never seen anything like that today um so he obviously he can't ditch santa hogan yet um when I do kind of like the scenes with the kids asking, especially that one where it's like, what do you want, little girl? It's like, one of these. And he's like, a golf ball? No, a pocket knife? No, an electric razor. A little bit funny. Uh, we get like those two thugs who are trying to steal the giant... Um, ball of money that's being donated to the orphanage and they slip it under their shirt, which is slightly amusing. Uh, what's even better though is when they drop it and it's clear they've stolen this money and Hulk Hogan, you know, Santa with muscles comes in to stop them and they're like, uh, what are you going to do about it? Give us a lump of coal. He goes, how about two lumps? <laughs> Left hand, right hand. <laughs> Which begins the first of many epic fight scenes in this movie, um, which I love. The best thing about is this fight scene ends where Santa's destroyed Santa's village here in the mall, and all the kids are cheering, and the grown man, and he's like, all right, kids, now let's clean everything up. (laughs) And they start to clean up Santa's village. How about the $486 that's still scattered all over the mall floor? The only thing you're not concerned about is the money. Those guys are picking up that cash, and they're still running. And they're worried <laughs> about cleaning up the fake candy canes, which don't you also love in every fight scene of this movie that a giant plastic candy cane is apparently, like, as strong as a crowbar? Yep, because yep. this is all that anybody fights with in the movie. Uh At some point, the henchmen of ed begley jr go to the orphanage why they're trying to get rid of the orphanage i never understood in this movie but they're trying to eliminate this orphanage because i guess they're they're buying up all the land around it but what for i don't know uh santa with muscles comes in and drives off all the henchmen so the kids in the orphanage invite him in for dinner um and here's something that's really annoying throughout the entire course of this movie every time somebody tells a bad joke in this movie uh like when he comes in and they're like, Oh, why don't you join us for dinner? He goes, Oh yeah, I guess I could say they can't start Christmas without me. And you have the entire room full of people going, ah oh! <laughs> and slapping their knees. <laughs> <laughs> and it goes on forever. And it's such bad fake laughing. It's so bad. Um uh, anyways, they have dinner. These kids explain that, you know, oh, well, you know, the orphanage probably isn't going to be around for a while. We're just the leftover kids. We're the ones that nobody wanted. We're supposed to feel bad. Um And they end up spending the night in their pajamas. The only pajamas they had were a giant bunny suit, which the elf wears. And... What is the robe the that Santa's supposed to be wearing? I don't know. It's like, it's like a wise man robe or something like yeah. that. Like, yes, it's supposed to be like stuff from a Christmas play. Something like uh, that. Uh, so they have to sleep in this ridiculous wardrobe. They wake up in the morning and the best part of this movie happens when Hulk Hogan for best forgets to put on the costume, walks out wearing a robe that looks nothing like Santa's outfit, no hat, no beard, blonde hair. And the little girl immediately looks at him and goes, good morning, Santa. Why is she recognizing him as Santa? And why does it take her a minute and a half to suddenly be like, wait, what's different about you, Santa? This girl really is the dumbest character in this movie. Oh. And she's going to be singing later. This is just getting worse. Um, what else do we talk about here? So they're like, we, we think we recognize you uh so the elf sees that hulk hogan's face is on the cereal box because apparently uh what's his character's name something thorn blake blake thorn blake thorn uh cereal box man and he has to cover (laughs) the cereal box as if the cartoon character on the cereal box is gonna tip them off it's him it's the car like if there was a a man that looked like tony the tiger but was a man. Do you think that they're going to look at cartoon Tony the Tiger and look at man who looks like Tony the Tiger and say, look, it's Tony the Tiger? This is a drawing on a box, and he's hiding it. Uh, he then sees Hulk Hogan drinking out of a milk glass, and he realizes, oh, if I get his fingerprint, I could do it. So he steals the milk glass or whatever. Uh What happens after this? The news crew shows up. Um, they want to interview Santa with muscles. Uh, and one of the other few funny parts in this movie is where, uh, they're trying to talk about, you know, uh, how did you get here or whatever, and they're interviewing him, and Hulk Hogan, of course, doesn't know the answer to anything, so the elf guy, the pickpocket, is trying to mime reindeer, and Hogan looks at him and goes, uh, rooster, uh, I mean sleigh. Uh, reindeer and then he's asking again it's like oh so uh you know why are you here and then he's trying to again mime what he should say and he's like uh because i love reindeer meat that one was kind of funny <laughs> the henchmen show up again and they kidnap the elf um because he has debt like you said there's a weird scene where they're in a van and ed Bagley jr's character is on some type of tv webcam i love that the tv is not plugged in has no camera mounted to it but ed Begley Jr. can communicate to him uh we get the terrible scene of the little girl in church singing <laughs> and this is officially when jamie who was out of the room at this point was like what is this and i'm like some stupid kid singing i don't know i didn't even know how to explain it uh there's a fight scene or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll stop right before we get to them storming <laughs> uh, Fort Bagley Jr. here. Uh, but basically, he's going to go and try and even the score. I don't know. There's a henchman fight and the, the kid's singing. It's all awful. <laughs> just, just get this over with. <laughs>
0: Can we point out one thing that is mainly very important here? This is the film debut of Mila Kunis. Uh,
1: Yes! (laughs) I wonder if it's on her resume still.
0: I saw that, like, a name come up in the credits, and I'm like, what? (laughs) There she is. (laughs) Shut up, Meg. Uh, that's why. That's why they tell her to shut up all the time in Family Guy because she was in this stupid movie. Uh, <laughs> one thing I have to laugh about too is the fact that the poster for this movie has Hulk Hogan holding up these two guys that steal the money from the or- yeah. the the fund as if like they're important characters. <laughs> You know a movie's bad when it features two people you can't even remember in this movie on the movie poster as important people. Um, yeah, I I don't understand anything. The way he sort of looks at the... Oh, Christmas mission. I feel like I should help out there. Um, I think they want to buy up the land because there's crystals underneath and they automatically know what these crystals do. Yep. Um, <laughs> Whoa, it all makes sense now. Uh, also, did you know Garrett Morris, the uh, the the black dude, he's in this movie. Good for him. Uh, <laughs> Why?
1: <laughs> this is definitely like, these something on have his choices. Like Garrett Morris, Ed Begley Jr. Like it's not their film debut. What's their excuse?
0: <laughs> they were struggling. I mean, I'm looking here around about the mid '90s what Garrett Morris's film credits were. Uh, black Rose of Harlem. Black Scorpion 2 Aftershock, Almost Blue, Happily Ever After, Fairy Tales of Every Child. he's uh, not really in anything that big going along then, so he was struggling. Um, yeah, he wants cookies and thinks it's gonna be putting on weight. Cool. Um, yeah, the, the whole orphanage thing, like, well, orphanage is a thing still in the 90s. <laughs> like, well, like, nowhere's now.
1: There are still orphans in the world.
0: No, I'm saying there's orphans, but do they really have a house where it's just like people come along? Oh, I want that kid. It's not a freaking cat's shelter. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the first thing Mallory said when she saw this orphanage, is like, why are there only three kids at this orphanage? <laughs> and then it's like really like half-heartedly explained where you've got a little annoying kid with his headphones. Like, oh, are the leftovers? Like, boo-hoo. Like, why do we care? Like, we're meant to care. But it's all like, oh, don't close down the orphanage. Like, with three kids? Like, I'm sure they'll be shipped off pretty quickly. And then even at the beginning of the movie.
1: Can I point out, too, that, like, an orphanage is going to be run on government dollars? They have, like, more people on staff at this orphanage than they do children. They are paying full-time salaries and the heating bill and the electric bill for a giant house like that. Send these kids to a foster home. Like, save some money.
0: There's, like, uh, there's parents out there who take more than three kids as foster parents. Like, why yes. can't they more? And, like, at the very beginning of this movie, the little shit blonde kid, the singing, whatever her name is, she says in that letter, like, please say to help me, I don't want to be taken away from this being my last Christmas with my friends. You're at an orphanage, girl. You will be adopted. What if somebody from, like, <laughs> Australia adopted you? You're going to move to Australia and make new friends. Like... You're not going to be with them forever. Hulk Hogan is an example of that. Him and Ed Begley Jr. used to be friends at the orphanage in the stupid plot <laughs> twist that comes five minutes from the end that has got no reason for being there. <laughs> so, like, shut up! Um, yep, there's some fights. Um, there's <laughs> villains. The, the, the weird house has big smoke plumes coming out of it. I don't understand what it. What is that?! <laughs> Oh no! Um. Yep, they have super advanced technology with thumbprints. They didn't even have that in Back to the Future 2 and they went to 2015. Um. Oh, well, actually, no, they did because he put his thumbprint on and didn't win when Doc got the thing. I watched him the other day. Whatever. Um. Yep, it's stupid. Move on. <laughs> um. We're halfway through. Past 30 okay, minutes. Okay, <laughs> so eventually,
1: Hulk <laughs> Hogan storms Fort Bagley Junior. Here. Uh, when he's going here. Uh, He runs into the little boy, Taylor, uh, who who wants to be a tough guy, and Hogan gives him the pep talk. I'm only tough when I have to be, Taylor. (laughs) The life lessons learned from this movie. Um, We find out there's old catacombs underneath the uh, orphanage, so they go on a mission uh, to – Find whatever these villains are looking for. I'm assuming that's what happens. The kids lead them down all these tunnels. Uh There's a vault door that Hulk Hogan apparently knows the combination to. I don't think that's ever explained in this movie unless it's part of that magical plot twist that comes up with five minutes to go in the movie. Um So he gets them in and now they find the crystal mine, which I can see why these crystals are so valuable. Because you drop one on the floor and it explodes – like, what are you going to do, sell these things at an auction? Like, if somebody knocks it off the table, the entire building goes boom. Like, I don't see how any of this is valuable. Um, anyways, I guess they figure at this point, oh, we're, we're saved. We've got the money to save the orphanage because of these crystals that nobody's going to want except for the villain who wants to take over the orphanage. Uh, what are the crap do we have here? Um, <laughs> I wrote down a lot here. I don't know why I had this um apparently s- somebody says when i want your opinion i'll have it surgically removed <laughs> there are so many bad lines of dialogue in this movie where you can see it's like the the writer's room of like six guys who it took to put together this script are like what's a really good slam how about if i want your opinion i'll have it surgically removed and they're all sitting there high-fiving each other and we're like what does that even mean like, you know, hey turkey, do you know how fast you were going or whatever, as he says? Turkey breath. Oh, can this be done yet? <laughs> okay, so there's another fight with a henchman because it just happens in this movie. Um, the henchman can apparently outrun Santa with muscles. Uh, there's another bad line here. It's like, Santa, I have a wish. Get out of my life! <laughs> Just how many people did it take to write this? Uh, Anyways, there's a fight scene on top of a tower with a plastic candy cane. You got it. (laughs) And Hulk Hogan falls out of a window into a garbage truck. So what happens... Naturally, he wakes up at home because the only person in this town that recognizes the most famous man and richest man in town is the garbage man. (laughs) Nobody at the orphanage where he actually lived recognizes him. None of the police actually will be like, Hey, this is, you know, the, the protein king of California. Nobody in the mall, none of these kids are like, we eat your cereal every day. We eat your vitamins. But the garbage man's like, this is a famous guy. Let me take him home. But not clean the banana peel off of him because when he wakes up in the morning, he's peeling banana peels off of him. Um, and all of his ninja cooks and ninja chauffeurs, you know, want to get him back in the mood. But no, he's just sitting there sulking, eating his breakfast until he gets a phone call. Um, the orphanage is being taken over. So he crumples up the cell phone in his hand and drops it back into his oatmeal. Uh, what else we have to talk about? Anything else here? The orphanage has a black and white TV. I got a note about that. Um, uh, th- that keep going. You nearly kid finished. Kid. <laughs> <laughs> the kid, little kid who wants to be a tough guy. When the hedgehog taking over the orphanage says, "Uh, just wait till Sandy hears about this. He'll kick your butt into the New Year's." <laughs> like, he can, why? And then these guys who have all the gadgets. They have electric gloves. They have Giant saws figure, we need these kids to get into the mine here. Tell us the combination. The kids don't know it. Um, I don't know why the electro gloves couldn't open this door because they could blow every every other door off their hinges. Uh, nothing. We'll we'll save the climax for another one. Uh, <laughs> right before, Everything up until when Hulk Hogan decides, now that he remembers who he is, he still needs to save this orphanage.
0: Uh, I mean, look, a couple of things. Um, is it implied that, um, that Garrett Morris knows who Hulk Hogan is? Cause he kind of has a throwaway little line there about like, Oh, it's finally good that you're making something of yourself. Or has that got to do with the fact that he was at the orphanage at some point? I don't know. It's just a weird little line it, that they add that in there. Not sure. Um, <laughs> we. <laughs> Um, he, at some point, Hulk Hogan claims that he, they're his family and he'll protect them. He's known them for like eight hours. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, uh, I'll never go off about, uh, James Bond and Vespa falling in love (laughs) so quickly ever again. Hulk Hogan thinks his family is there after eight hours. Uh, of course there's catacombs underneath an orphanage.
1: Whenever I think of an orphanage, I automatically think there's catacombs underneath it to go-to. Can I stop <laughs> for a second and just explain how idiotic there- that is? Wouldn't there be like a sewer system underneath this orphanage? Like, I'm pretty sure there are other very important things that need to be underneath buildings <laughs> that somebody in the city would have run into, I don't know, a hundred years ago when they built this place.
0: Colin, haven't you ever heard the iconic song We Built This City on Rock and Roll? Clearly you can build <laughs> buildings and cities on anything you want, including crystal field catacombs. <laughs> which... <laughs> Where is this? Are we in Los Angeles?
1: Like, I mean, there's a fault line underneath Los Angeles. Like, those things explode. Like that orphanage is one, fucked. One, one, like tiny earthquake or or tremor or aftershock, and this whole city blows. <laughs> um. <laughs> I looked up
0: the writers for you. Okay, just quickly. Jonathan Bond, Fred Matter, and Dory Crum Raymond. Now, if they're not household names, uh, it's because they wrote this movie. Their only writing <laughs> credits are Santa with Muscles.
1: Uh, all three of them have not written anything else except for Santa this with Muscles. This effectively <laughs> sent three men to the unemployment
0: line for life. Jonathan Bond is apparently an actor best known for A Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Peak what? Practice, I Saw You and You Can Run, Fred Matter Who is... He, is uh, he plays the iconic character of Water Slide Attendant, uh, Fred, uh, <laughs> Fred Matter is great. best known for being in the casting department of many movies or TV shows, and Dory Crum Raymond is only known for this movie. <laughs> Um, so look, this movie, like, you think it ruined Hulk Hogan's acting career? What about the poor writing <laughs> careers of Jonathan Bond, Fred Matter and Doric Crum Raymond? They could have been the next big thing in Hollywood. Um, you mentioned about how does Hulk Hogan know the combination? I, I worked out the combination without even having to be down at the catacombs. The combination starts off with 8, 24, 16. The next number's 32! We've all done those little quizzes things where it's kind of like, <laughs> guess the missing number? It's so obvious! It's 32! <laughs> like, anyway, um, yeah, why do these crystals explode? <laughs> like... <laughs> How does he hit his head on garbage and that makes him remember
1: who he was before? (laughs) Is it just the smell of garbage? Because he's in a garbage (laughs) chute when he loses his memory, and he's in a garbage truck when he gets it back. Why are these, like, cartoony villains who have electricity
0: and bad smells and the other guy who kind of looks like a weird, skinnier version of Anthony Edwards, like, why is the main guy with the long hair, who I've seen him, but I can't be bothered fucking looking him up because I don't care enough, <laughs> um, like, what's with his whole shtick about, like, oh, and I'm going to give you a dose of headache and pain, and, like, what is this meant to be? Like, again, our writing trio, you suck. No wonder you never <laughs> worked in anything else. Um... Yeah. Oh, there's. Oh, Lenny is a traitor. Have I jumped ahead there? Because he like they find out he owes I don't care enough. Where are we at the end of this movie? I'm trying to look at what I'm writing here. and I don't even realise what I'm writing. Oh, I was going to say the Butler guy for Hulk Hogan. Um, he. You know, in Mrs. Doubtfire, when Robin Williams takes over the guy who's on TV with the dinosaurs. Um, if you remember it enough, no. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, no, I know.
0: You know that's him, <laughs> <laughs> William Newman. Mister Sprinkles is his name. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> he went from playing Mister Sprinkles to being the butler in Santa's with muscles. <laughs> um, yeah, let's let's
1: move on. We're we're up to forty minutes now. Shit, we got less than twenty minutes All to right. go,
0: Colin. We can do yes. this.
1: <laughs> um, also, I'm quite disappointed here to find out that the guy who plays Lenny, the elf, the most annoying character in this movie, Don Stark was apparently on all eight seasons of that 70s show with Mila Kunis. So <laughs> she got him a job later on. Um, and also, Leslie, the uh, I don't know if you want to call her love interest, but the lady who runs the orphanage here, Robin Curtis, she kind of looked familiar when I started watching it, only to realize that uh, she starred in three separate Star Trek movies as Savick, one of the, uh, the Vulcans, uh, who is a major character, originally played by Kirstie Alley, uh, in Star Trek two and then uh, Robin Curtis took over the role in other ones. Um, I have no idea what this director, John Murlowski has done, but I can't be bothered to look. So, <laughs> let's move on from that. So, the climax here, we get one of the other incredible one-liners, um, where Hulk Hogan comes up, and as he's, you know, saving the orphanage, he says, allow me to introduce you to my two little friends, lefty and righty, and then punches them with a left and a right. It's fantastic, kids. Uh, <laughs> Then we basically realize that this movie is reverse home alone, uh, because it's just Hulk Hogan and a bunch of kids breaking into the house. So they're using things like, let's, you know, charge this, um, uh, this door up. Let's, the, the jumper cables from our car. Let's put that on the door. Uh And then let's call the guy to the door so he can electrocute himself trying to open it. And then once he saves the kids, it's like, let's get a fire extinguisher and blast the guy in the face and then releases stink bomb gas because a man is walking around with stink gas that is labeled stink gas in this movie. <laughs> Uh, did I also mention there was another terrorism chase here, and we had Clint Howard with his hey turkey breath uh, rehearsing how he's going to pull people over? Um, during the car chase, here's the most idiotic thing in the movie. How does Hulk Hogan get away? Well, he's got a couple of bottles of his salad dressing from his company, from the Blake Thorne uh, nutrition line that he dumps on the road. Two bottles of salad dressing floods the street and sends police cars flipping off the road. Now, I don't know how it works, but I'm pretty sure, I don't know, 400 milliliters of low-cal vinaigrette is not going to do that. Also, when he dumps a thing of protein powder and it creates a dust cloud (laughs) the size of a sandstorm – and the greatest thing that happens is that when Clint Howard eventually emerges from all this, his entire car is rusted, burned out, and dilapidated from two bottles of vinaigrette dressing and a bottle of protein powder. That's the power of Blake Thorne's protein line. Maybe they really are um, terrorists. And they're like, they, <laughs> they are, yes. Like chemical weapons. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in pursuit of uh, a jeep uh, of terrorists armed with protein powder and vinaigrettes. <laughs> This is what you're doing wrong, ISIS. All right, stop with all this <laughs> like you know,
0: running people over and stabbing people and stuff. Just use salad dressing and protein
1: powder. There you go. Create an international incident that way. Um, by the way, as as much as I'm annoyed by little girl here, little boy Taylor too with his line when he's like, "See ya," wouldn't want to be i I'm like, you know, I'm not an advocate for violence against children, but you're pushing it, Taylor. <laughs> Uh, please uh, Hulk Hogan goes into the, the the chapel and has another fight scene with a bunch of henchmen uh, a martial arts ninja guy <laughs> who Hulk Hogan does like a karate kid style crane kick goes wah and then kicks a pew launching the man into the air and knocking him out then he runs in and he finds Garrett Morris who gives us the bombshell um, you grew up here you used to be Blake, whatever, as if Hulk Hogan apparently couldn't remember that, even though he has his memory back as Blake Thorne. So how did he somehow forget he was in this orphanage? Uh, and then it's like, and your best friend was Frost and Bagley Jr. Plot twist that nobody saw coming because it is irrelevant to the story <laughs> and is thrown in at the last minute without any proper setup. Uh, there's a quick scene where the creepy long-haired henchman, as you said, flirts with, or I guess uh, the the lady running the orphanage flirts with him uh, and then pushes him into a freezer. And then we get the epic crystal mine showdown. Now, let's just run through this, like, action movie history here. Um, Roger Moore versus Jaws, Spy Who Loved Me. Bruce Willis versus Alan Rickman, Die Hard. Hulk Hogan versus Ed Bagley Jr. with exploding crystal swords. This was the epic fight scene of this generation. We are decade after decade upping the ante on fight scenes. Who in their right mind decided to sell a movie? Like, I get if you're like, let's do a movie where Hulk Hogan is an alien from outer space fighting other aliens from outer space, but he has to stay with Christopher Lloyd in the suburbs. I'm with you. Let's do a movie where Hulk Hogan has to be a nanny with muscles. Okay. Nanny with muscles. Cool. Let's do Santa with muscles. Hulk Hogan now is Santo with muscles. And let's have him in a fight scene with Ed Bagley Jr. <laughs> like do it with the the woman with electro gloves. Something like Ed Bagley Jr. is not going to hold his own in a fight scene. Um, just a fun little side note on Ed Bagley Jr. He used to be on a TV show. Um, uh, what's that doctor show he was on? Yeah, I never I, I uh, yeah. <laughs> it was not here. St. Elsewhere. OK, so St. Elsewhere was like the big doctor show of the 80s. Uh, and it launched the talents of many other actors like Howie Mandel and Denzel Washington got his start on St. Elsewhere. Um, I'm too young. To, this was sort of like my Hulk Hogan in the Orphanage thing where it's like, well, I was too young to actually remember this. But my mom used to always remind me anytime an Ed Begley Jr. movie came on. She's like, when we used to watch St. Elsewhere and you were a little kid, you loved him on this show and we can never figure out why. <laughs> so apparently, as a child, I had a fascination with Ed Begley Jr. when I was like You're two or three years old. You're saying that story old. to
0: Casper, aren't you, about Don Cherry in about 20 years time. I know! Like, when you were a little kid, you
1: just loved Don Cherry. We just
0: never worked out why. <laughs>
1: Yeah, exactly, because I think that's, it's a generational thing. Everybody has that person they were fascinated with when they were a young kid before they could remember anything. Uh, but that's exactly what I thought of with it, because just last night, Casper was playing in his room and the music for Coach's Corner with Don Cherry <laughs> came on, and Casper ran out of his room as fast as he's ever run to watch it. That must have been me when St. Elsewhere started <laughs> and Ed Bagley Jr. was on TV. Uh, but this fight scene is awful. Um, in the end, they decide to rescue him. Um, and why is Ed Bigley Jr. still in his, like, uh, hazmat suit through this entire fight? There's no reason for him being in the first place. <sighs> the crystals all blow up, sucking the orphanage into the ground um what are we gonna do i don't know we we get some bad lines here as all the henchmen are being hauled out you get the guy who's in the freezer and they give him something like uh oh that'll defrost him and then and you get of course my favorite thing in this movie <laughs> uh and then they bring out the stink guy and they're all like p u um and then the kids are like oh what are we gonna do now it was all for nothing thank you santa muscles we had a chance of at least staying in this orphanage and now you have destroyed our home (laughs) well guess what i'm gonna bring you home with me hulk hogan taking in the three orphans that nobody wanted the happy ending of this movie and can i just tell you the thing that is weirdest about this entire movie is the final shot And you have to watch it to realize how out of place it is. But all of this nonsense in the movie, you think they could have come up with something really kooky. We've got exploding crystal swords. We've got Santa with muscles. We have uh, electro gloves. And the final shot is Hulk Hogan throwing the Santa hat off his head. It lands on a hedge (laughs) in the shape of a hand. This is like the blinking fish in License to Kill. Why is there suddenly a hedge in the a hand? And why does the Santa hat land on one of the fingers? And then why do they dwell on that closing shot for approximately 37 minutes before the credits roll? It's just the blinking fish all over again. I don't understand this movie. I don't understand why we're doing this. I'm not in the Christmas spirit, Ben.
0: Luckily it's already November. We've got plenty of time to warm ourselves up. <laughs> We can get into Die Hard soon and go, Oh, fuck, I love Christmas. Um, Yeah, she, or everything that you happen at the end is there. I'll get to, like, one moment in the sec that you forgot about, which I think is maybe the worst part of the whole movie. Um, uh, I just wanted to say that, uh, so the guy with the long hair, the creepy doctor guy, I did look him up, Steve Valentine... Uh, now, being in plenty of other things, you probably might most recognize him from Spider Man 3 as the photographer of Gwen Stacy (laughs) before she gets (laughs) ripped out of the building. There you go. (laughs) Oh, he's been in some iconic films. Um. I have to point out that maybe the worst part of this whole movie is when we have this standoff between the cops and Hulk Hogan and for whatever reason and whatever town and whatever city we are in, the county police force has a rocket launcher to try (laughs) and stop a man who has just sped past them and shot paintballs at them. (laughs) To which he then fires a rocket launcher... It blows up his fellow officer, Clint Howard, to which Clint Howard saw who shot it at him and then still has the audacity at the end to say, who did that? To which we have bumbling buffoons with a rocker, oh, it was him, oh, it was him, oh, that goes on for about another 37 minutes. And then we gotta get later on, Clint Howard showing up in a blown up car with windscreen wipers still moving. (laughs) It's so stupid. Um, you mentioned, like, the really bad laugh track, like, every now and then where they replay the yeah. same laughing sound ten times in a row to make you think there's more than one person laughing. Can we imagine the score has the most annoying trumpet going... <laughs> sounds like Woody the Woodpecker on crack. It's <laughs> oh, so, so annoying. the roadrunner, isn't it? <laughs> one of them. It's a bird in a cartoon. <laughs> Who cares? It sounds like one of them. oh uh, <laughs> And, like, one thing I have to have noted down here that Mallory said during the fight sequence between, the the, the iconic fight sequence between Ed pigley Jr. and Hulk Hogan <laughs> with their crystals, she turns around to me and says, oh, it's like a lightsaber fight. And I'm like, uh, not really. And she's like, oh, it's even making the same sounds. And I'm like, oh, uh, you really need to watch Star Wars with me. <laughs> You know your girlfriend needs to watch Star Wars when she reckons that Santa with muscles is recreating <laughs> Star Wars. And speaking of Star Wars, considering we've got eight minutes left and we're nearly in 2019, it's coarse, it's rough, it's irritating, and it gets everywhere. Alright, there we go. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> Speaks about this movie, really. Um... The one thing I'll add, which, again, does not make any sense at the end... Like, you're absolutely right. Like, oh, you destroyed our orphanage. Oh, oh well, but we can come live with you. They're not even at Blake's house. They're at Ed Begley Jr.'s house. For some (laughs) reason, they've gotten possession of his house a day after he's been sent to jail. And then, for some reason, they're all in prison, working in stripy uniforms next door to their house in binocular view... (laughs) And the electro woman is in the skimpiest little skirt I've ever seen as a prisoner with men. All right now. Like we know what happens in prison with men and men. This woman has got no chance. His <laughs> movie's and at the end you're absolutely right. That ending thing, I think even Mallory said like what the hell's that doing at the end? Like what's that got to do with anything? giant hand! Come on now. Even right now, this very moment in time, you have to say, Blinking Fish looks brilliant compared to the way this ends.
1: Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, shit, bin it. Right. <laughs> All right. Uh, quickly, just looking up John Merlowski, the director of this movie, um, apparently he actually has done quite a bit of Christmas movies after this, because nothing gets you in the Christmas spirit like Santa with Muscles, Then maybe A Golden Christmas... Uh, a Christmas movie with Golden Retrievers would or Christmas Mail or Richie Rich's Christmas Wish would. But the most astonishing thing is that he also directed Hulk Hogan in Secret Agent Club, another movie with Hulk Hogan as a tough guy and children, because they finished that with muscles and thought to themselves, nailed it, let's do it again. <laughs> What is it with these two guys? You have ruined Christmas for me. Will we get Um,
0: reboot a reboot of this now? Because it's been twenty two (laughs) years. Everything's getting rebooted now. Who would you cast in this? Twenty
1: (laughs) two years later, John Cena, Steve Austin, (laughs) (laughs) Santa with muscles too. I'm down. Um, (laughs) Box office. So this movie made approximately two hundred thousand dollars. So. In all fairness, it was released in less than 100 theaters and only played for two weeks. Uh, if you look up its opening weekend at the box office, it grossed $120,932.98 screens. That was a $1,200, uh, per screen average. To put that in perspective, Independence Day, that same weekend, grossed almost a million, and we're talking November, like what, four or five months after Independence Day was out. Um, Open weekend gross was $120,000, approximately half of Santa with Muscles gross. That same weekend, Ransom, with Mel Gibson debuts, $34 million. Romeo and Juliet was number two. Set It Off, three. And then Sleepers, High School High, The First Wives Club, Larger Than Life, The Ghosts in the Darkness, Dear God, Michael Collins. Um Reviews, this is great. Can, can so I just if interrupt you, go- you there
0: really quickly, Colin? You didn't mention the most important thing here, that Santa with Muscles can always say that it outbox *Office Mission Impossible... In one week, uh, in this 25th week, Mission Impossible <laughs> made $539 that week. So it's still going
1: strong. <laughs> yeah, Santa with muscles is like, we outgross Mission Impossible <laughs> six months after its release. <laughs> but not Independence Please. Day, like five months after its release. <laughs> um, I-, I just want to say, this movie is regarded as one of the worst films of all time. Uh, I tried to go to Rotten Tomatoes because if you go to, uh, I'll read a few of them here, but, like, if you go to Wikipedia, you can find a couple of critics, um, like, Emmanuel Levy, who gave it two out of five stars, which is pretty generous, uh, Joe Layden described Santa's muscles as weakling of a comedy and thought that Hulk Hogan's performance was lacking the charisma of his previous work as Suburban Commando, more love for Suburban Commando, um, uh oh this is kind of funny (laughs) way look better than (laughs) makes Alan what's seem like (laughs) laurence olivier (laughs) yeah uh but what i thought was particularly funny was that i tried to go to find like some decent reviews for this to rotten tomatoes uh it has nothing on rotten tomatoes and it actually says no critics have reviewed this movie There are no critics reviews yet for Santa with Muscles. However, there is one audience review for Santa with Muscles, which is so epic, I have to read it. Only (laughs) one review says, most wrestlers should always refrain from acting on and off the rink. The rink? What? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Most wrestlers should always refrain from acting on and off the rink. Thank you. (laughs) Um... What are we gonna do? I'm not gonna bother with any. Of it. I don't know if we have any other segments, but I don't have the heart to do it. What are you gonna do with this? This is a clear bin. Can we create something new? Can we just say this is a flush?
0: <laughs> with it, there's a dirty dancing and uh, Santa with muscles category. Um, yes. Just <laughs> this is the this is the tip. This is the gar- the rubbish dump. Like this is the I don't know what you do it. How did this not get nominated for Golden Raspberry Awards? I'm just looking here. Uh in 1996, and what got nominated. This did not get nominated for a single Golden Raspberry Award. How? Come on. What is wrong with movies in 1996 that it didn't get nominated? <laughs> Can yes, we come up with, like, a
1: hashtag Oscars so something or, or Razzie so something? <laughs> Razzie
0: so... I don't know. Anyway, uh, you've got uh, a minute and 30 seconds to wrap this up.
1: <laughs> well, we will at least wrap up Santa with muscles in this. This is a bin, I'm guessing. I'm not even going to ask yes, you, Ben. Bin. You're bin, Absolute something. bin. I, I uh, wrote bin no and sense that sense both with you and I muscles. an hour ago. <laughs> <hour. laughs> so anything we go over an hour here is only going to be talking about what's coming next, which is going to be good stuff. Uh, we're eventually going to get to real Christmas movies, but, uh, we did mention, I don't know if we mentioned at the end of the last episode. I think at the le- end of the last one, we actually still were planning on doing only four Christmas movies. Uh, but now that Mallory's spoken up, we, uh, <laughs> have two more to add to there. So, um, I, I don't know if Jamie had concluded now let's just say we're, we're going to be doing Die Hard and we're going to be doing Jingle All the Way. Those are our two big ones. Yes. Uh, Mallory insisted on doing White Christmas, which I'm so happy about because it's probably next to Die Hard, my second favorite Christmas movie. And Jamie has, I believe, decided on Muppet's Christmas Carol, which I know a lot of people are going to be happy about. Uh, but we got one more cheesy Christmas movie to get to, tough guy Christmas movie to get to before we start getting to the real Christmas spirit in December. And this is a movie that you got to explain how this movie came up last year. This is Santa's Slay, S-L-A-Y, a horror comedy starring another wrestler, we're going to hope he does better than Hulk Hogan, Bill Goldberg, uh, co-starring a very famous actress from Lost, uh, who, who I believe is the reason that we're doing this movie. So why don't you explain it?
0: Can I just say that we already did cover a, a horror comedy. It was called Scent with Muscles. Um, but <laughs> basic, basically, uh, during the midst of one of our Lost episodes, I think we were uh, poking fun at our regular whipping character. And that was Claire and, uh, <laughs> and Emily de Raven. And essentially we looked up her filmography and we found that she'd done a Christmas movie called Santa Slay, And I think this was round about Christmas time last year, just as we were prepping to do our Santa Claus trilogy. So it came up with the idea like, Hey, we should totally do this. And then we started reading a little bit about this. It's got a huge Winnipeg connection to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it kind of just went from there. And I, I ultimately, I don't think we ever got around to doing it, obviously. Um Um, But, yeah, so we're now doing it, and you've also noted that Fran Dresser is in this movie, somebody who we've talked a lot about but never done a movie on, and I'm just looking here that Chris Kattan's in it, and I love Chris Kattan, so there's a few random people in this movie that I'm really looking forward to actually seeing, but the star of this, of course, is going to be Emily (laughs) Duravan, a.k.a. my baby, my baby! Uh, So (laughs) I've never seen her in anything else besides Lost, I'm so excited to see how bad she is in this movie.
1: Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it was around this time last year, probably a little bit later, like into December, when uh in one of our group chats, uh you or Noah messaged, we have to cover this Christmas movie. They explained everything about it. And I was like, and it, it's about it, some of it takes place in Winnipeg. And I mean, ultimately the only reason that we didn't was because I think we ended up having to record three Santa Claus movies and, uh, one Christmas of the Cranks movie all in a week last year because we were just so be- behind, you know, with our Star Wars and Justice League. We had two like big months leading up. So this was on the table last year, but we're doing it now. I literally knew nothing about this except for the description that you and Noah gave me last year. And. I watched the trailer for this as soon as I was done with Santa Muscles, just to think to myself, am I getting in too deep here? Like, is it going to be worse next week? And I have to say, the trailer blew my mind. It looks so good. (laughs) Like, good in a cheesy horror comedy way. It actually looks really spectacular. So I'm very excited for this. If you've never seen it, I'm guessing most people have never seen this movie. It's probably not one of these movies like Santa with Muscles that you need to watch. You might appreciate more if you do watch it with us. But otherwise, just go out of your way to watch the trailer. And when you watch the trailer, you will want to watch this movie. And you will want to listen to our episode next week. So this is probably the first time we've ever done... Any type of movie month where neither of us have seen a movie from – if my memory serves right. I mean I think the only other time we did anything close to that was when we did like the Night of the Living Dead movies. I think mm. Day of the Dead neither of us had ever seen. But you know, we obviously had been watching the Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead prior to that and I had been familiar with the first two movies. But other than that, I don't think we've ever gone into one of these recaps, these movie recaps where neither of us have seen a movie.
0: Um, yeah, I think you're right. Um, I mean, obviously there's been plenty of occasions where one of us haven't seen it, but, um, mm-hmm. I mean, maybe the room in bad movie months. I yeah. Mean, that was, that was one. Um, yeah, I, I can't think of any others, but yeah, that's, that's interesting. That's a, that's a good, that's a good little stat that you've given us, Colin Hilding.
1: So we're excited for next week. Um, as soon as Ben watches the trailer, he's going to be as excited as I am. <laughs> <But> I'm super <laughs> pumped for next week so uh make sure to listen to that and then uh, all of our other episodes are going up um we're going to have random rewatch mondays continuing on in place of lost uh if you want to hear more about lost listen to santa slay's next week uh we also did <laughs> it's have coming have a- back
0: people it's definitely coming back lost <laughs> is coming back blame noah uh- <laughs>
1: It's going to be replaced by Pro Wrestlers Recap. We're going to cover the filmography of every pro wrestler. John Cena, The Rock, Steve Austin, Hulk Hogan. Uh, there's a great month. Uh, but we have all of our regular episodes going out. And uh, we even did a Survivor episode, which you should listen to, kind of a mid-season recap. Uh, it's not going to be an every week thing, so don't get your hopes up. <laughs> we got other good stuff we're talking about. Uh, make sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, YouTube, if you can find anything decent on there. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, Instagram. Um, my name is Colin. We kept this under 60 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and my name
0: is Ben. And when in doubt, get out. Later! Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.